Amen. All right, he turned to 224, number 224. Your Bible is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, Luke had a school play, I guess, last Thursday at, over at Faith. Did anybody go see that? Amen. And, uh, and Lydia was in it too. I'm sorry, Lydia. <laughs> uh, but the reason why I mentioned Luke is because Luke, I guess, played a preach. I, I had to work. I, couldn't, I didn't get to see it. But they were telling me about it, and Luke had a speaking part in it to where he played the part of a preacher, and he had to get a sermon together. And Brother Brian, his teacher, helped him with the sermon, and I guess it was like four minutes long, maybe? I don't know, but boy, he got everybody congratulated him and just bragging about him and stuff. And I think, I never get that kind of feedback after I preach a message, and... Uh, so maybe if I keep it shorter, amen, I might try that here this evening. And, uh, but here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, um, Paul talking to the Corinthian ch church, the, a local church. And, it, you know, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, what should a church be doing? That kind of thing comes up a lot. And uh, what do you think a church should be doing? What should be the goal of the church? And. Uh, there, there's a lot of different uh, opinions, I guess, uh, that people... I like what one person said, that, that a local church should be engaged in three activities. 
A local church should be engaged in three activities. I don't know how true this is, but it sounds good. Uh, to me, it does anyways. And the three activities that every local church should be engaged in is evangelizing the sinner, edifying the saint, and glorifying the Savior. Amen. I guess you can't go wrong if you're doing those three things. And uh, that's kind of what Paul's talking about here. Um, a lot of people have daily goals. Do you have a daily goal? As a Christian, we should have a, a daily goal. Uh, we, our, our goal should be to get up and serve the Lord. Amen. Uh, Lord, what wilt thou have me do today should be how we start our day. And I'm sure, you know, I, I don't always start my day that way. Uh, I get up here and say that, but I'm as human as anybody. Amen. Uh, I don't always do what I should do. But as a child of God, we should set some daily goals for us. And that's what Paul's trying to get across to the Corinthian believers here. Uh, a lot of people do have goals, and a lot of people are pretty good at setting goals and, and fulfilling their goals. Um, I can tell you what everybody would like to do, or what everybody's trying to do, and um, I know what... I'm not that smart, but I know everybody on this planet is searching for something. And uh, people are searching for happiness. People want to be happy. I do know that. And that's why people drink. They drink to get drunk because they want to be happy and they're not happy. They're trying to find happiness in a bottle. People take pills. They get high. They're searching for happiness in one form or another, but those things are uh, not going to cause you to find happiness. They're just going to add to your problems, amen? They're just going to make life more miserable for you. Uh, but I like what one preacher said about happiness. He said, happiness is not something you find by searching for it. You'll never find happiness by searching for it. Happiness is something you stumble across by doing the will of God. I thought that was pretty good. Happiness is something you stumble across by doing the will of God. So if you want to be happy, find out what God wants you to do and get busy doing it. Well, three things we've already looked at uh, that can cause that, and that's evangelizing the sinner, edifying the saint. Are you an encouragement to your brothers and sisters in Christ? Amen. I remember when I first got saved, I, I appreciate Stuart Bennett. And even to this day, I appreciate him. Uh, I don't get to fellowship with him that much anymore. We, we've kind of grown apart with getting married and jobs. And, and uh, we don't live that close. And, uh, but I remember when I got saved, he was a huge encouragement to me. And uh, I, it was a time when I needed a friend, and uh, he is a friend. And uh, after I got saved, and I, if I got a little discouraged, I know I can go to Stuart, and boy, he'd just lift me up and make me feel good about myself and point me towards Christ and uh, get my mind 
uh, back on the things of God. And uh, he, he was a big help and blessing to me. And, and we ought to find someone like everybody needs encouragement. Amen. And of course, if you're evangelizing the sinner and edifying the saint, you'll be glorifying the Savior. Amen. Uh, you, you tell people how to be saved and your encouragement to your brother and sister in Christ, uh, you're going you're gonna to be uh, bringing glory to God. But here we see Paul talking to the Corinthian church. I want to start in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 12, and we'll read uh, the rest of the chapter there. It says, so then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken and also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. Verse 16 says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for uh, the blessing of being here. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God we have in our hands. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you say here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth, to understand what's being said here, and see the blessing that's there for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Here Paul's talking to the Corinthian church, and he's trying to encourage them. And uh, he, he's telling them, basically, to evangelize the sinner, edify the saint, and glorify the Savior. Not necessarily in those words per se, but the message is still the same. He starts off there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12. He says, So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. Now, this certainly speaks of sacrifice. And uh, no one's dedicating themselves to the ministry of the gospel will deny that a sacrifice has to be made. If you're going to if you're going to uh, uh, evangelize the sinner, you're going to have to make sacrifices. Uh, edifying the saint is not something selfish people do, amen? It takes sacrifice. And glorifying the Savior, it takes sacrifice. Uh, and that's what Paul's talking about here, sacrificing and serving uh, and, and doing the things of God. And here in verse 12, Paul applies everything that he's been saying in the previous verses. Let's go back to verse 7. Look what he said in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul says, But we have this treasure 
in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. Amen. Listen, there's sacrifice involved in doing the things of God. And serving the Lord. And that's what Paul's trying to get across here. He says there in verse 13, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. And therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. So Paul says, We also believe, and therefore speak. You know, if you're going to dedicate yourself to the ministry of the gospel, if you're going to dedicate yourself into telling sinners how to be saved, uh, you're going to have to do some talking, amen? (laughs) And uh, that's what Paul's trying to say here. It goes without saying that first, you believe the gospel, and second, you tell others what happened to you. You tell others with your mouth what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you. You tell others how you got saved, how you believed. And uh, Paul's saying that's what we're supposed to be doing, amen? You want to be happy in life? That's doing the will of God. What's the will of God? Telling others what Jesus Christ did for you, amen? And uh, I promise you, if you ever get a chance to share the gospel with someone, you'll feel good about it. It's part of the blessing of doing what's right, amen? God will bless you emotionally, physically, mentally. He'll make you feel good about telling others what Jesus Christ did for you, how that you got born again. And um, by doing that, uh, you'll feel good about yourself. You'll be happy. You'll be happy because you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Paul says, we have in the same spirit of verse 13 of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. You Listen, if God saves you, you can't keep silent about it. You have to tell someone else. Verse 14 says, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Here in verse 14 is a great promise for the soul winner. If you get busy telling people how to be born again, one of these days the same Lord who raised his son from the grave is going to raise you up. Amen. Uh, if, If you don't live long enough to see the rapture, you're going to go by way of the grave, but you're not going to stay in that grave. One of these days, you're going to be raised from the grave, just like Jesus Christ was raised from the grave. And when that happens, he's also going to raise up those that you've led to the Lord. 
And when you get to heaven uh, with your converts, you guys are going to rejoice together. I've often think, thought about that. You know, the person that led me to the Lord has gone on to be with the Lord. Now he's in heaven. Jerry Sink showed me how to be born again from the Bible. Uh, he opened up the Bible and showed me how to be saved. And uh, one day, I'm going to see him again in heaven, amen? And we're going to rejoice about that. And uh, don't you want to get to heaven and rejoice with the ones that led you to the Lord? Uh, that's going to be a glorious day. It, it's, it's going to cause great joy, like it says there in Luke chapter 2 and Luke chapter 24, amen? Uh, whenever someone gets born again, it causes great joy. And that's something you're never going to forget. I forget a lot of things anymore. The older I get, the more I forget. Uh, but that's something I'm never going to forget. I'm not ever going to forget how I got saved. I'm not ever going to forget the person who took time out of their busy schedule and uh, uh, took time out and sacrificed and got down, got alone someplace uh, with God and prayed for my salvation. Um, I, I think about the young men that uh, didn't worry about being scared or didn't worry about being made fun of or being called names uh, because they were opening the Bible, reading scripture to me and telling me that I needed to be born again. Uh, that's going to be a day of rejoicing. And Paul says here in verse 14, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Amen. Paul led these people at Corinth to Christ. And uh, they're going to be in heaven one day going over and rejoicing and thinking about the times, how that they all got saved and uh, what a blessing. Verse 15 says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. While seeing soul saved is wonderful, we should proclaim the gospel uh, because God is worthy of our service. Amen. Every time you tell someone, show someone how to be saved, they're not going to get saved. Everybody you witness to is not going to get born again. But that's not why we do it. Amen. We do it because God is worthy. God is worthy to be proclaimed. He's worthy for us to brag about. Amen. How great is our God? We should be out there telling people how wonderful Jesus Christ is. And uh, that's what it's all about. And uh, some people are going to get saved. Some people aren't going to get saved. Uh, but we need to proclaim the truth about how wonderful our Lord is. Verse 16, Paul says, For which cause we faint not, for though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, this is a great verse. The inward man needs to be recharged every day. We, we get run down, don't we? We get tired. 
Our batteries get low and we need recharge. And that's what we're doing this morning. We come to church and hopefully we get recharged through the preaching of the word, through fellowship and uh, through the song service and other aspects of the services. Hopefully we'll get our batteries recharged and and we start the next week tomorrow, uh, Monday, and, and go out and Tell people how to be born again and encourage one another and bring glory to our Lord and Savior. But uh, we do that. We get recharged by feeding on the word of God and uh, spending time in our prayer closet. Amen. That's another way we get recharged by communing with our Lord and our Savior. Verse 17, Paul talks about here. I like how Paul words this in verse 17. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. (laughs) Amen. Other places in the Bible talks about how short life is. Brother Ed can testify how short life is. Amen. I can testify to how short life is. Um, Just talking about, you know, I, I got four kids and I think I think about Lydia's 12 years old now. Amen. That's that's my baby girl, and she's already 12 years, 12 going on 25. Amen. And uh, they just grow up so fast. And uh, your life, it's the Bible says it's as a vapor. We're here for a little while, and it vanisheth away. And uh, Paul talks about here how that our 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 life is short, but he says for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. And uh, of all people to say that, I think about Paul and all the troubles that Paul went through. He was beaten. He was stoned and left for dead. Uh, He was shipwrecked three times out on the ocean. You know, it's one thing to be in three car wrecks, but can you imagine being in three shipwrecks and being out in the middle of the ocean? Uh, not knowing if you're going to make it back or not. And uh, Paul was beaten for doing what? For, for breaking the law? For doing bad things? No, for preaching the gospel. And he just counts it. He says, he, he counts all that. He looks back on all that. And he refers to it as but a light affliction. Amen. Uh, I get sick and I think, you know, the world's, it's, it's all over and uh, my wife makes fun of me. She says I'm the I'm horrible when I'm sick, and I, I'm just not a very good patient. And I I know that. And uh, when when I'm miserable, I want everybody around me to be miserable, and uh, it, it's it's horrible. And I I feel bad about it, thinking about it. But uh, but I think about what Paul went through, and uh, man, beaten, left for dead. Uh, he refers to it as. Battle scars? No, he just calls it a light affliction. He says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He describes it all as a light affliction. You know, when we get distressed, when we start feeling sorry for ourselves, um, make a visit to the hospitals. <laughs> I think about, you know, Peyton was in the hospital recently over at Riley. I think when we went there and and looking back on it, seeing those little kids being pulled around in those wagons, what they were going through. 
And you know, suddenly my uh, problems didn't seem that bad. Uh, go to the nursing home with, bro <coughs> with uh, Brother Tim, and uh, I tell you, you'll get a you'll get a blessing from being around those people that love the Lord and rejoicing, and uh, they're having a hard time health-wise, but still rejoicing in the Lord, still a smile on their face, and. Uh, you know, there's always someone that has it worse than you do. I promise you that. I promise you that. But Paul says here, our light affliction. He, he describes all the things that he went through. And then in verse 18, he says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal, are eternal. You know, the greatest tragedy on this earth is for a man or woman to live and die having done nothing for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we're going through, uh, we're looking at Lot in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 19. Lot lost everything in a fire. Everything that he owned was burned up. He was saved. The Bible talks about how that he was a righteous man. He was saved. He was redeemed. But he had nothing to show for it. Even his wife turned back into a pillar of salt. His kids were a mess. <laughs> his daughters when he tried to warn them, they just laughed at him. Uh, you know, what a tragedy. What a tragedy. And that's what Paul's telling the, the, the Corinthians here, the people at Corinth. You want to be happy? Evangelize the sinner. Tell people how to be born again. You want to be happy? Encourage your brothers and sisters in Christ. You want to be happy? Bring glory to the Lord. Amen. Glorify Jesus Christ. Live for Jesus Christ. Amen. That's how you be happy. Doing the will of God. Doing what God wants you to do. And uh, so don't go home to heaven having never done anything for the Lord. Paul says here in verse 18, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. Everything down here is going to fade away one day. It's going to rust away. It's going to burn up. It's going to fade. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. We're to be storing up treasures in heaven. Amen. Let's get busy serving the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for the truths found in your precious word. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Lord, this time of the year, I think about we're going to spend time with our family, with our loved ones. Uh, Christmas, we're going to celebrate the holiday. And uh, what an opportunity for us to tell people about what this holiday is all about. 
the birth of Jesus Christ and why he came to this earth in a manger and what Christmas is the purpose for. It's not about Santa Claus and reindeer. It's about Jesus Christ coming to this earth to redeem fallen man. Lord, give us the boldness to be able to tell that story. With heads bowed and eyes closed, stand to your feet. We have a song of invitation. God spoke to your heart. You come do business. make sure we're not wasting time. Amen. Time is precious. Time is short. And uh, this holiday is a, it's a perfect example of uh, what they call a natural witnessing tool. Amen. To be able to explain to someone uh, what Christmas is all about. It gives you an open opportunity to present the gospel. All right. Just remember December 25th, which is, falls on a Wednesday this year. Uh, there'll be no Wednesday night services. And December 28th, which is on a Saturday at 7 p.m., we're having a gospel sing here at the church with the A.G. family. Uh, all right. Brother Ed, would you dismiss us in prayer, please?